This episode of the Sugar Mamas podcast is sponsored by Sugar Medical, the very best place to find all your diabetes supply cases and accessories. This is episode 25 of the Sugar Mamas podcast and the second in the newly diagnosed series. Today, I'm back with Rachel Halverson. Rachel is a registered nurse and a certified diabetes care and education specialist. She will be joining us for the entire newly diagnosed series. And today, Rachel and I are talking about the honeymoon phase. Despite the fact that the term honeymoon phase sounds really fun and you might conjure up images of you laying by a pool with a cocktail, the honeymoon phase when it relates to type 1 diabetes is in no way fun. Well, That's my personal opinion. I mean, some people might enjoy the fact that you need less insulin during the honeymoon phase, but I just found it to be very frustrating. If you have no idea what the honeymoon phase is, then you're in luck because we're going to explain it today. We are going to dive a little deeper into what it is and how you can test for it if you want to go that route. This is hands down the shortest episode I have ever recorded. Part of me feels like I should just stay on afterwards and tell you guys random stories or jokes or something to get to like the 30 minute mark. But you know what? It's my podcast. And in the world of podcasts, there are no rules. You can make your episode as short or as long as you want. So enjoy this little 50 15 to 20 minute snippet on the honeymoon phase. It may be small, but it is mighty. It's chocked full of all sorts of good information and insightful perspective. All right, enjoy. You're listening to the Sugar Mamas podcast, a show designed for moms of type 1 diabetics. Here you'll find a community of like-minded women who are striving daily to keep their kids safe, happy, and healthy while navigating the ever-changing world of type 1. I'm your host and fellow T1D mom, Katie Roseborough. Welcome and enjoy the show. Before we get started, I need you to know that nothing you hear on the Sugar Mamas podcast should be considered medical advice. Please be safe, be smart, And always consult your physician before making changes to the way you manage type 1 diabetes. Thanks. Before we start the show, I want to take a minute to tell you about our awesome sponsor, Sugar Medical. Sugar Medical is the place to get all of your diabetes supply cases and accessories. Look, it's no secret that diabetes comes with a lot of baggage, right? And by that, I mean you literally have to carry around a ton of stuff all the time. Listen, don't just toss your type 1 essentials at the bottom of your purse, backpack, or suitcase and walk out the door like some sort of barbarian. Heavens no! Keep them neat, tidy, and easily accessible with a sugar medical bag. They have styles and sizes for everyone and everything. Headed out for a hike? There's a sugar medical bag for that. Going to lunch with a friend or planning a month-long road trip across the country? There's a sugar medical bag for that too. Don't believe me? Head on over to sugarmedical.com to take a look at all their super sweet styles. Plus, get 10% off all one-time purchases using code SUGARMAMA. That's code S-U-G-A-R. M-A-M-A for 10% off. You'll find a link to the Sugar Medical website along with the offer code details in the show notes. Thanks. All right, everybody, we are back 
with episode two of the newly diagnosed series. And this episode is all about the honeymoon phase. I've got Rachel on with me again today. And Rachel, we're just going to jump right in because I know you're a working woman and you've got stuff to do. So question number one, what is the honeymoon phase? All right. So the honeymoon phase is basically a time after diagnosis of type 1 diabetes. We don't really see this in any other type, but usually when you present with type 1, you're often symptomatic. You're having those uh, frequent urination, frequent, you're very thirsty. And then once we get the insulin into your body and you start kind of stabilizing a bit for whatever reason, you know, your beta cells are like oh, the, the leftover beta cells that have not been destroyed by your immune system kind of take a breath and, and sort of stabilize. And so you get this honeymoon phase is what we call it. So it's, it feels like everything's kind of going into remission. And a lot of the time it's kind of different in everybody. So it can last a month, a couple of months, often sometimes even up to a year. It happens only to some people. So uh, some people may experience it and others don't, but it's just a period kind of of remission where you may not insulin as you were when you were first diagnosed. Um, and you see a lot more low blood sugars and things like that. And that's just because your beta cells are kind of trying to start working again, but it is temporary. And once the those last couple of beta cells, eventually they get destroyed. And unfortunately, then we're kind of back to where we started and back to using the insulin. Okay. So I see a lot of people asking, how do I know if I'm out of the honeymoon phase yet, or if I'm still in it, or if my ratios are just wrong, my insulin to carb ratios? Mm. Are there any tests, medical tests, first of all, to tell if somebody is actually still in the honeymoon phase and producing a little bit of insulin? That is a really, those are good, good questions. So um, C-peptide is the lab that we use as a blood test. You can actually test it in 24-hour urine. I don't see that as often, and I don't really know what the advantage of it would be, but it's typically a blood test. And it's used to show how much insulin you're producing. So it's a byproduct of endogenous insulin. So the insulin in your body that is excreted by your beta cells also give off C-peptide. So we can see how much of that endogenous insulin that your pancreas is still making by measuring your C-peptide levels. So typically, we the range of C-peptide is 0.5 to 2.0. So if you're still within that range, that means your body is still producing insulin. So that would kind of tell you if you're still maybe honeymooning a bit. They, they probably will, will test it when you're first diagnosed. And then as you are kind of moving moving through the, the first year of diagnosis, uh, I see a lot of providers still, still testing it to kind of see where you're at until we're not seeing any more C-peptide. I think it's important actually to, they're really pushing to have us check it three to four years after diagnosis, just to make sure that you were not misdiagnosed. Because like I said, we still have, uh, we have a lot of kids that are being diagnosed with type two diabetes, and there is a latent autoimmune disorder, diabetes as well, and MODY, which is another interesting genetic sort of component of diabetes. So they do recommend that we still check C-peptide levels. And you can ask your endocrinologist as well, could we go ahead and, and just check this, even if it's been three to four years later, just to make sure that um, we have the correct diagnosis of type 1 diabetes. But yes, it you'll basically, once you kind of get to, to know C-peptide 
levels detected, that that would be indicative of not being in the honeymoon phase anymore. And you'll typically just see your insulin needs kind of coming back up and needing to give give more insulin. You'll see more like higher blood sugars as you come out of the honeymoon phase as well. Okay. It definitely is kind of difficult to tell, like, are my ratios off or is it a settings issue? Um, so it can be a really difficult time as you're as you're kind of figuring those things out. So it, it is helpful to know if if there is C peptide left or not, just to kind of give you an idea of what's going on with the body. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if they tested my daughter for that or not. I did not hear anything about it. I'm cu- I'm going to ask next time we go, just like, hey, out of curiosity, did you guys run a C-peptide test, you know, at diagnosis or she recently had a blood draw? I haven't heard. Um, right. I'm sure I could look up her lab somewhere, right? That's something we could do. <laughs> yes, yes. And I know a lot of the time too, um, at least in the, in the United States, um, the pump companies and the insurance companies want a C-peptide fasting C-peptide done in the morning when you're getting an insulin pump or something like that, um, basically to prove, <laughs> it's kind of kind of terrible, but prove that you are type one, um, you have type one diabetes so that you can get an insulin pump. So a lot of the time we do check it before that, that point when you're transitioning, we start using an insulin pump. Um, okay. Just depending, depending on the insurance company and the pump company. Okay. So if you were, if you were like under that range that you mentioned, the 0.5, that would be indicative of you are definitely type one, your body's not making any endogenous insulin. And okay, gotcha. And to be fair, I guess you you can see like lower C peptide in people with type two diabetes, if they have like a lazy pancreas. So it doesn't or it doesn't necessarily just say, you know, this, this, you definitely have type one. I think sometimes we there is that auto antibody test as well that would show that. So just to yeah, it's just just in case it is possible that that could mean a number of things if you have low C peptide. But okay, but yeah, it it definitely if it's accompanied by those auto antibody levels as well, it's it's very indicative of type one diabetes. I didn't realize how I thought there was like a nice test that would just be like, hello, you have type one diabetes, but they're really, it's, um, it has a lot to do with like looking at a family history and the symptoms and the age and ethnicity. And it's not as cut and dry as I I thought it would be actually. So yeah, it's one of those, I think, uh, you know, don't panic if you, if you see something kind of funny going on in those labs, I would definitely kind of go over them with the doctor as well. Cause some people have different, a different mindset of when they order, why they order something. Um, Mm-hmm. And especially with those C-peptide levels, they, they're kind of a gray area. It's just another tool, right? It's not a way to yeah. say 100%, yes, you have it. No, you don't. Or yes, you're in the honeymoon phase or you, no, right. you're not. Just another factor to consider, I guess. Right. Yeah, that's correct. So if you are, you know, let's say you've been to the endocrinologist or you just got discharged from the hospital after diagnosis and you've got another, what, three to six months before you see your endocrinologist again. And you're wondering at that time, like, or just wrestling with the idea of, gosh, are we honeymooning still? Or are we out of that? What are some things to be on the lookout for? I guess just to give you clues of, am I honeymooning right now or am I not? Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So I think really your best friend is going to be that fasting blood sugar. So the blood sugar you take before you eat breakfast and after you wake up, that will kind of give you a night. And if you have a CGM, even better, you can kind of look at those overnight blood sugars. So if you're seeing, if you are on long acting insulin and you're 
seeing low blood sugars during the night, or if you wake up and you have a low blood sugar, then we can start, you know, you can call your doctor and say, I think we need to come back on this, this long acting insulin. And then we'll kind of keep coming back on it. And eventually you may notice that we're barely using any of it. And that's kind of a, an indicator that we still have some, some insulin going on in the body. And then of course, after meals too, if you're noticing those lows, but it's definitely a lot easier to see what is going on looking at that basal insulin with the fasted blood sugar. So that can kind of give you a good idea of if you still have some insulin being produced in your body, if you're, if you're seeing those lows and kind of the more you're coming back on that, that insulin and it, it, it just keeps coming back. And sometimes you may even, you know, not be taking any of it. So that's kind of what I would look at mostly is the fasted blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you're still, if you're having a lot of lows after meals or something, that could be indicative of it as well. And we need to come back on that short acting insulin too. But that that's what I would look out for. I think most importantly with honeymoon is just the mental health kind of preparation for it because it really, a lot of people describe it as like, it feels like being diagnosed all over again. Mm-hmm. So just kind of like trying to remind yourself that this this could happen. And that even though it feels like things are getting better, you know, unfortunately, you're going to have to kind of keep keep monitoring and just making sure that you're you understand that that we may need more insulin and it's not anything you're doing wrong or anything like that. It's just it's again, a little progression into type one diabetes, basically. Right. I kind of had to come to the decision because you kind of get into a little bit of a mental tailspin of are we honeymooning? Are we not honeymooning? Is this, you know, are we still in the honeymoon phase? And I kind of just after several months just had to come to the decision that that we were out of it, whether we were or not. I was just I had just made up my mind that we were no longer honeymooning. And I would be proactive with our insulin and dosing appropriately for what we knew to be her correct insulin to carb ratio. And of course, factoring and all the other things like activity and inactivity and things like that. So I was being proactive. And then if need be, I would be reactive. <laughs> you know, if, if she went too low, yeah. whether that was because she's in the honeymoon phase or not, if she if she went too low, because there's so many things that it can affect blood sugar, you're going to drive yourself crazy trying to figure out if it was, you know, the trampoline she was just jumping on or the honeymoon phase or, you know, whatever it could be, or you, or you gave too much insulin to start with. So I just kind of had to approach it like that. I do think we're pretty much out of it, in my opinion, because we've been dealing with a lot more high blood sugars. And like there was a day where she accidentally suspended her insulin altogether on her Omnipod. And within Mm -hmm. an hour and a half, she was at 400. I'm like, well, clearly her little pancreas is not making any insulin. So... And that's, oh, sorry, that's a great perspective as well. I think try, try not to focus on it because this is essential, especially with younger children, like it's going to fluctuate and it's going to be because of things maybe that you, you didn't notice or, or something like that. So yeah, it's trying not to, I think later on when things kind of stable, stabilize as an adult, um, then we can start uh, looking for patterns a little bit more. But unfortunately, when you're growing, <laughs> um, there's there's so much up and down. And, and with that progression, whether you're in the honeymoon phase or not, you don't want to, you know, drive yourself nuts trying to always figure out what the what the reason for it is. I think it's it's good to look at patterns, but it definitely either way, it means you need less insulin or more insulin. So that's kind of the the bottom line. But that's that's a really good point is not to to make yourself too nuts about it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Please moms, don't make yourself nuts. Right. 
So what what I took out of what you just said is that I only have what like twenty more years until things stabilize for her. Just twenty more? Is that it? <laughs> because just, we got to go through just puberty. A cool twenty years. Just a cool. Got to go through puberty. We got to finish growing. Then we got to get through all the pregnancies. Hopefully, you know, <laughs> just it's never changing. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. It. It really. Yeah. It's and especially as somebody that is very I'm pro looking at all the patterns and knowing exactly what's going on. But I do have to remember, like, especially <laughs> for for the younger population, it it really it can be really tricky. Um and like you said, it's it's if I had shut off my pump for an hour and a half, I maybe would have been in like the two hundreds, you know. Mm-hmm. But when you when you have a smaller a smaller person, those sorts of ups and downs are a lot more pronounced. So because they're growing, is that why yeah. the growth hormone? hormones and stuff. <laughs> just those, those teeny, teeny little circulation. But yeah, so it's it's good to just be gentle, gentle with yourself as much as you can. And, and sort of it's it's hard to predict what's going what's going to happen um, and, and try to figure out, especially if it's already happening, you know, you kind of have to just, just take a breath and be like, okay, we're just going to keep, keep adjusting the insulin. <laughs> yep. Keep adjusting. Yep. All right. So last question, but I feel like we kind of already touched on it. Can you go in and out of the honeymoon phase over a series of months, years? Is that something that happens? To my knowledge, it is more of a linear kind of thing. So you'll be, it won't be like one month of really sensitive or one month of still making insulin and then starting to putter out and then another month of of going back. You know what I mean? It won't be as up and down. It's more of, uh, we're just going to be extra, extra sensitive to insulin right now. And then as, as we get closer to the end of that honeymoon phase, it'll, it'll start to, you'll notice that you need more to up your doses. So, um, but it can last maybe a month or a few months up to a year. I think it's kind of, I mentioned latent autoimmune (laughs) diabetes, um, which we typically use to describe type one diabetes diagnoses in adults, but sometimes it, it seems more like just a really long honeymoon phase. And I know that some people have described having what they believe to be a honeymoon phase for multiple years. So it definitely, it can kind of, it kind of depends on how, how quick your autoimmune response is and how quickly it's kind of destroying these beta cells. So it definitely is, it's hard to say kind of how long it will last, but it's, it's more of a, a linear progression of, of destroying those beta cells. So you'll, it's a easier than, than waking up and being like, okay, what's it going to be today? <laughs> you'll kind of have a, an easier time with it than, than going in and out of something. Right. It's not like at a fireworks display on the 4th of July where you think they're almost over and then all of a sudden, boom, the grand finale starts. Yes, that's, that's exactly what I was. <laughs> that's a better, better description of it. Yes. <laughs> one last hurrah, right? Let's give it one last hurrah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rachel. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on to talk to me and I will chat with you very soon. So much. It was nice to talk to you as well. Looking forward to other episodes. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.
All right, that's it for our episode today. I hope you guys enjoyed learning about the honeymoon phase. And remember to go find Rachel on all the different social media sites. On Instagram, she's at Give Me Some Sugar Diabetes. Her website is www.givemesomesugar.coach. And her email is Rachel at Give Me Some Sugar Coach. I will put a link to all those things in the show notes, as well as a link to her Facebook page. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the podcast in the newly diagnosed series, I would just absolutely love it and be oh so honored if you would share it with a friend. Maybe you know who, a family who's newly diagnosed or a family who's been diagnosed for a while but could use a refresher or just use the encouragement and information that comes along with this podcast. Please share. I would just love it if you would share, post to your social media sites or just by word of mouth when you're talking to other T1D moms and caregivers. That helps people find the podcast. It helps the podcast grow. When the podcast grows, that means it's easier for people to find. And when it's easier for people to find, that means it can help more people. All right, my last little plug for today. If you haven't already, I would absolutely love it if you would go and write a review for the podcast. If you've loved listening and you have something fantastic to say, I would just be so grateful if you would hop on the internet and write a review for the show. Again, it helps people find the podcast faster. You guys are awesome. I love talking with you every single week. Stay tuned next week for episode three of the newly diagnosed series. It is going to be all about insulin, long acting, short acting, the difference between the two, the different brands that are on the market, lots and lots of details on insulin. I can't wait. Talk with you guys soon.